0: You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Corporate Quitter. I'm your host, Gabby Ionello, and today's episode is a little bit different from what I normally do. Yes, I am interviewing a corporate quitter. Her name is Lindsay Hansen. She also has a podcast called Quit Your Job, Sis. So obviously, that we have a lot in common. But specifically, this interview is actually a mixture of me interviewing her and her interviewing me. We're actually doing a joint episode. And some of the things we're going to talk about is kind of why we left what we did in the process, whether it was hiring a business coach, right, masterminds, which products we invested in, all that stuff, the pros and cons, right, the sexy and unsexy side of business and just quitting in general, and kind of myth busters, if you will, around just business profitability, guilt and shame around leaving your job and things like that. So without further ado, here is Lindsay Hansen. For those of you who are listening, it's so awesome who I'm speaking with, who we're speaking with together. Lindsay and I are both corporate quitters. It's cool to connect with someone who's in the same space doing the same thing because like you had talked about right before this, like so many people are hesitant to leave.
1: Yeah. And it's so funny how similar our stories are. I was actually just talking with someone about this yesterday of how when you're in that place of feeling stuck in a job that you hate and <laughs> feeling so lost on where to go you feel like you're the only person on earth who feels that way. Like, you feel like you're so alone. You're like, what's wrong with me? I have this great job and I'm not happy. And it can feel like there's nobody else who's ever been in that position. But there's so many of us who feel that way. Probably a lot of your coworkers also feel that way, but no one's talking about it because we have normalized hating our jobs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's funny too because like, for a while, even when I quit, my parents were like, this is ridiculous. Like, do you hear yourself? You're just like, they didn't say that was like another dumb kid, but they were kind of like, listen, like, this isn't cute. Like you have to think about your future. And now we see the great resignation where like, it's been like 4 million per month, leaving the job market job force since July of 2021. So I think at this point, I mean, we've got to be into double digits. Like 50 million, let's say, whatever it is. Like, that's insane. Like, I think the population in America is like 350 million. So you're saying like a quarter is gone or whatever the math is. Like, yeah. But I think it goes to show that people are fed the fuck up. Like, they're just done. They're so done.
1: For real. Yeah. So this episode is going to be on both of our podcasts. Yours is Corporate Quitter minus Quit Your Job, sis. So for those listeners who don't already know you Gabby if you want to do like a quick intro to yourself and your quitting story
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure just like you, Lindsay, it wasn't linear. Nothing ever lines up. You think you're making mistakes and fuck-ups and everything, but it ends up kind of falling in place perfectly. So I'm Gabby Ainello. I'm 28. I quit my corporate job February of 2021. But up until that point, I had been in the job force, like corporate, for about six years. So my background is in teaching. So I had a double major in general and special education. Graduated Realized very quickly I wasn't going to get paid what I needed to to actually pay my loans off. So I quit that career and then just started job hopping aggressively across industries from tech to asset management to real estate, residential and commercial. I was in development. like I did all these different things and was hitting so many ceilings at every single point that I recognized, okay, it's no longer a me thing. I thought maybe I needed to mature. Maybe I needed to learn new skills or something. But then I realized, no, it's actually... An environment thing. Like it's a job thing. Like I'm not supposed to be the person to be bossed around. Like I'm the person to be the boss. So then <laughs> when COVID hit and, you know, I was having all these really honestly dark thoughts and dark feelings about my job of like, I was drinking to numb the uncomfortability and like just experiencing like such angst and anxiety that I was breaking out. I was crying before and after work. Like I was like, you know what? There's no better time than now to quit. And so that was a year ago. And now we've built a corporate quitter where we're like, globally like recognized like in the media building out this whole quitter starter pack or quit kit as we like to call it to help people do the same thing but yeah it was terrifying too because this was before it was like trendy like people were getting fired during COVID not quitting so before the great resignation actually happened everyone was like girl like you made it like you have all these things and yet you're quitting like you're a loser like what are you doing
1: (laughs) yeah it's really interesting I mean I don't know how you lasted six years in in corporate life. I lasted about a year and a half. But even like it was about a year into it where I was like, all right, I can't do this anymore. And I started figuring out like what I was going to do instead. So I was in accounting. I went to school for accounting. I got my master's in accounting. I got my CPA license. (laughs) And then I started working at one of the big four public accounting firms And pretty much from day one, I hated it. But the thing is, I expected to hate it, and I didn't see that as an indicator that something was wrong because I was so used to, oh, like, adulthood is just you hate your job, and that's just what you do. Like, that's just what it is. So I didn't even see it as a red flag, which is wild looking back. But, like, literally, I was dreading my first day of work. And other people would like post, oh, I'm so excited for like our first day because we would have like these big classes. We would all start on the same day. And I'm like, you guys are excited? Like, why are you you excited (laughs) to start working? Aren't we all going to be miserable? Like, why are you guys happy about this? So, yeah, I started working in public accounting, hated it from day one. And then about a year into it, I was like, I knew that even if I got a different job, I was still going to be miserable. I didn't even make any attempt to find a different job because I was like, I know I'm gonna hate it. Any type of accounting job, any type of corporate job would not be fulfilling for me. At the time I was really into fitness. Like I was on my own fitness journey of like, I wanna say three years at that point. And I had started like helping my friends create workout programs for them and stuff. And I was like, maybe I should just do like personal training. Like I was just wanting to do work that I would enjoy. And that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, I don't care if I make less money. I fully expected to make less money, but I was like, I will be so much happier doing something that I feel like I'm actually helping people and making a difference and not just plugging numbers into a spreadsheet all day. So I enrolled in a self-study program to get my personal training certification. And I was studying for that. For those like six months between when I decided I was going to leave and when I actually left. And then I got my certification a week or two after my last day. And I started training, but I started an online fitness coaching business because I knew that I wanted the freedom to like set my own schedule. And I didn't want to have to work in a gym and work crazy hours and go by somebody else's schedule ever again. (laughs) That's kind of how I got started in the online business space. Now my business has evolved a few different times. I was doing life coaching, business coaching, and now I have, you know, my own podcast that I've had for the past two years. I'm also doing like freelance marketing work, social media management, and all the things. So it's been a really interesting journey, and I left back in 2018, so it's now been a little over three years. It's crazy.
0: I love that you reiterated like the feeling that everyone has, especially for myself of like, you need to know one thing that you're doing and only stick with that. Whereas you bounced all over the place and yet you still made it work because everyone always tells me, oh, you have way too many ideas. You have too many, like, I was always good at so many things, but never one specific thing. But now I'm finding that that's actually beneficial in business because I can do everything as opposed to just one thing. But even for you, the fact that you were able to pivot and evolve over time, I think is reassuring for people who think that they need to have it all figured out today because that is not the fucking case ever, especially in business.
1: Yeah, that's a huge fear that a lot of my clients have had as well. And I get it. And a lot of my clients are similar to me where I will be like really into something like really interested in it, obsessed with it, just really into it for like six months, maybe a year. And then I'm like this. is. I remember feeling this way about I didn't even last a year doing fitness coaching until I was over it it was like 8 months in and I was like I would rather die than get on my instagram story and talk about counting macros one more time like <laughs> <laughs> it's like i don't know that's just how i am i'm really passionate about something and then i'm like over it on to the next thing and it can be really scary to be honest i'm in one of those moments right now in my business because i don't really feel like doing business coaching anymore Like all of my clients wrapped up in like December and I'm like, I have no desire to take on more clients and I don't exactly know what the next step is for my business. So it is always scary in that moment of, I no longer want to do what I'm doing, but now I've done it so many times that I just know I'm going to figure out the next step and it's all going to come together and it always does. So I don't think it's something to be afraid of because once you know the basic foundations of building a business, then you can just apply it. like with each phase of my business, I'm learning so much about marketing, about selling, about building a brand, about foundational business principles that I can then apply to each different evolution of my business. And it just gets easier every time.
0: Yeah. It's just hard because I think I used to be a teacher, right? So I was very ingrained in like the institutionalization of like basically teaching what we think is supposed to be the right way of life. And we always talk about, like, we don't actually learn the shit we need to know in school. It's like dumb shit, even like college. Like, right, you get a degree and you're like, this doesn't even apply to, like, everyone who gets an MBA is like, this doesn't actually help me with business. But I get networking, but not actual business. But the funny thing with going from corporate to like being a freelancer or kind of being in the gig economy or being self-employed is that it's the first time in your life that no one's telling you what to do. Cause think about it, in college or I should even see in grade school, right? From like elementary to high school everyone is telling you the curriculum you need to do to get to where you need to be, right? To actually get to college. And then in college, you need to take certain credits in certain classes to to get the degree. And then once you get the degree, they give you, okay, these are all the jobs that you can have in all the industries or companies. Okay. And then you get to that job and then they give you quote unquote, a track record or a timeline of how you can get the next promotion doing X things. And it's just like, someone's always carving a path for you and you're not carving one for yourself. So when you actually get the taste of like freedom, like actual full self-expression, you're like, holy fuck, this is scary because... Because I don't know what I'm doing, right? There's no certainty.
1: Yeah, there's no structure to it anymore. And I mean, you can find that. The first thing I did when I put in my two weeks was hired a business coach because I'm like, I know I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) So finding coaches or courses or strategies that work for you, but a lot of it too is trial and error to figure out what strategies Feel good for you and work for you in your business. And no two businesses are the same. And there's no one right way to do it. Exactly like you said, there's not a curriculum for like how to build an online business. There's not one strategy that works for everyone. And that can be scary, but it's also really freeing. Like at this point, I feel like I have so much freedom to do my business my way. You really just have to have the trust in yourself that you're going to figure it out no matter what. And that's I think what I've had ever since I decided to quit my job, I was like, I don't know what this is going to look like or how I'm going to make it work, but I know that I am.
0: <laughs> yeah. What I always tell people too is like, they're always like, oh, I'm afraid to leave the job, right? That's safety and security. I'm like, but they would fire you in a heartbeat and replace you in a heartbeat. You would never do that to yourself. Like never let yourself go to the place of like your curb stomping yourself by fucking up so badly. Like, yes, you will fail, But it will never come to a place of like the rug is swept out underneath you because you love yourself and you care about your future. Like, not to be selfish, but right, it's all about you. So, your employer, even if they're like the best company you've ever worked for, their best interest is in themselves, not in you.
1: Yeah. Okay. I have a couple of questions I want to ask you, but there's one I was just talking about this with someone yesterday. After you quit your job, Right after you left and you finally, like, had a minute to breathe, did you get sick?
0: That's an interesting question because I didn't physically get sick like a cold, but I definitely went through what I call the corporate purge. Like, you have to purge the old version of yourself, almost like you're a caterpillar in a chrysalis waiting to blossom. Like, you have to purge or, like, get rid of the snake skin to then, like, be this new, like, version of yourself, because for so many years, I was kind of shoving my fat ass in a pencil skirt and, like, acting like a (laughs) robot, like, who asked for my last email bullshit. No, but I mean, really, to appease the people around me as opposed to who I actually wanted to be. So I had to learn to, like, actually be myself again, which is terrifying because, again, for so long, you're told that's the wrong way. That's the bad way. I mean, did you get actually sick? Like, you physically got ill? I don't remember
1: getting sick,
0: but so many
1: people have told me that. Like, after they quit, they got sick, and it's because they were almost running on autopilot for so long and, like, literally running on adrenaline because you're not getting enough sleep. Like, you're overworking yourself, you're burned out. And then once you finally give your body a second to, like, rest, it doesn't know how to act. Like, I've just heard so many people say they got sick. So I was curious if that happened to you, but I don't remember, honestly, if I did. I might have. But it wasn't something that I, like, took note of, I guess, if I did get sick. But it's definitely a weird relearning how to exist as a person.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you almost need, like, I haven't heard the sick thing, but the downtime, like, you almost need a month to recharge to, like, actually start again. Because you can't just go from, like, an empty tank. So people are like freaking out the first month, like, oh my God, I don't have the business idea. I don't have blah, 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 blah. And like, it's because you're not supposed to. If you were, you'd be generating an idea from your past self, but you need to generate it from your new or future self. So you need to chill the fuck out and like actually go to the beach and like actually read the book and like sleep all day if you need to, to actually be in a place of creating a business, honestly.
1: Yeah, that break is so important, and it can also be scary, especially if you've left your job because you're like, well, I need to find a way to make money, so I need to be doing something, but your creativity <laughs> has been stifled for so long that giving yourself some time off, even if it's just a few days, is going to be life-changing, and, and the ideas are going to come to you, and they're going to be so much better than anything you would have thought of from that frantic place of like, oh my god, I need it to make money, I need to get a client. And I think that, again, goes back to I always trusted that I would figure it out. And I also had a good amount of money in my savings account, which helped. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. But I still, you know, needed to support myself and pay my bills. I was living on my own by myself in an apartment that I had to pay for. So it is scary. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, which I'm sure a lot of people would love for us to both talk about, is like, did you ever have any moments of like, oh shit, I fucked up. This isn't gonna work. Maybe I need to go back and get a corporate job. Like, my business is gonna fail. <laughs>
0: feel like literally this is every day. I mean, I'm being honest. (laughs) I'll even share today. Today is February 17th. I was supposed to do a five-figure brand deal that completely fell through and is being pushed to maybe Q2, if not at all. So here I am thinking, I'm going to make 11K this month. Cool. Now we're down to zero. And I'm like, shit, I shouldn't have put my eggs all in one basket. I should have been pitching all month. So I shot myself in the foot, right? That's a fuck up moment of like, oh damn, I got bills to pay. How am I going to make this work? Are we going to babysit this month? Or are we going to like- chase people down in the comments. I don't fucking know, especially because I'm in my first year in business and you know how it is. Cause I think we even talked about like how much money you make. Dude, my first year in business was a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, I think I made 17,000 last year, which is even decent for the first year in business. But like comparing a six figure salary to that, you're like, ah, like it's not going to fucking fly. I know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, my first year in business, I don't even think I made seventeen thousand. I think it was like twelve thousand, honestly. And again, that was just because I had savings to live off of. Truly,
0: did you do anything else to like make it work, like
1: loans or anything like that, or like? Oh, I didn't take out any loans. I did have my credit card. Like, I had a personal credit card, which just side note, I always recommend getting a business credit card if you can while you're still in your corporate job. Not something that I did, but I wish someone had told me to. (laughs) So I always tell people to do that now. So I did have my personal credit card, which I eventually started using, I think, like early in my second year of business. But really, I was just finding like random ass ways to make money. I was like selling my old clothes. I was like donating plasma. I don't know, like random shit. But I always made it work. Like There were definitely times where I literally was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent next month, but the money always came in when I needed it. And I think that goes back again to like, I know I'm not going to let myself live on the street. So I was going to come up with a solution one way or another, whether it was through my business or not. That's actually kind of how I got into doing social media management, which is my mainstream of income now, which is hilarious. But I opened a gig on Fiverr in like January right after that first year of business where I made $12,000. I had used up everything I had in savings. And I was like, what other skills do I have that I can use until I figure out this coaching shit (laughs) and how to get clients online more consistently and i was like i've learned so much about marketing i've learned so much about social media growing my business over the past year i could help people with setting up their social media profiles so i literally opened a gig on fiverr i was charging like maybe like 30 bucks <laughs> to create someone's like linkedin profile or something but i actually was getting really consistent orders i mean it wasn't like a full time income or anything but it was a good side income that supported me for a while I paused that gig after a few months because I like didn't really need the money anymore. My business started picking up. But then I reopened it earlier last year in like May, and it turned into a full-blown social media marketing business. Like I ended up getting a lot of clients outside of Fiverr and was able to charge a lot more for my services. And all of that really came from just networking. Like Most of my clients were people who I had just met other business owners that I met online over the years. And so networking, I never did that intentionally, but it was like, it ended up being huge because I never really had to market my social media management services. And I got a bunch of clients out of nowhere. Like I literally had to hire two assistants by like September. I started this in May and (laughs) I had a team as of September because I had so much work on my plate from it. So you never know what's going to take off, you know, And if I had given up, I mean, I literally, there was a point after year one where I was applying for, like, part-time jobs. Because I was like, if I don't figure my shit out, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent.
0: (laughs) So, like. I, like, had that same exact moment not too long ago. Yeah.
1: I mean, those moments happen. And I think that's where you're. Mentality really comes into play because I could have looked at that and said to myself, I suck, I failed, I'm not cut out for this, I should go back and get a corporate job, like I fucked up. But I just never did. I was like, This is part of the process, it's a minor setback, I'm gonna come back from it, I'm gonna figure it out. And never did I let myself go to that place of like, I'm giving up on my business. Because even if I got a part time job, or even if I went back to a corporate job for a minute, if I had to. I still would have been working on my business the whole time. Like, giving up on my business is, like, just not an option in my mind, you know?
0: Yeah. I thought about the same thing. And even, like, when you're hovering over the, like, apply button and you're like, should I do this? You're like, I was thinking to myself, like, well, how can I factor in recordings? And I got to do this at this time. And I have TikTok lives at 12. And I was like, no, fuck this. Like, I can't do it. Like, for me to kind of throw in the towel when things are just picking up, like, there's that phrase of, like... Essentially, like when the lowest low is there, like that's when shit hits the the fan, essentially. Like that's when things blow up.
1: Right. It's like right before things pick up.
0: Yeah. So you don't want to miss that because then you're like, you actually fucked up.
1: Yeah. And that was always in the back of my mind too, because I knew how quickly things could turn around. Right. Like I could get three clients next week and then all of a sudden I'm back to making a full time income again. So, That was always in the back of my mind too, where I'm like, I cannot give up because I will regret it forever. And I'll just constantly be thinking of like, what if I kept going? Like, what could have happened? And thank God I didn't because here we are, you know?
0: Yeah. What was the hardest thing? Like of all that, like, was it the marketing? Was it the sales? Was it social media? Was it just finding out what the fuck you want to do? Like, what would you say was the hardest thing to the whole business kind of game?
1: The hardest thing for me was probably... It's interesting because I feel like a lot of the things in business would have been easy if I wasn't telling myself that I wasn't good at them. Like,
0: oh, <laughs> damn. So, because
1: what I realized is that I never saw myself as like a salesperson or a marketing person when I first started. I was like, I don't know anything about marketing or selling. And so then I would take all these courses and work with coaches and try all, all these strategies that worked for other people. But they never worked for me because they didn't feel authentic to me. And when I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to create content that I want to create. I'm going to write shit from my soul instead of following some structure that some business coach gave me. (laughs) I'm just going to show up on my, you know, sales calls and just try to connect with this person rather than sell to them. Everything became a lot fucking easier. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, being authentic is something that people can really feel. And I just think that your energy matters so much more than whatever strategy you're using. Like, you could go into a sales call not having a clue what to say. But if you have the passion about what you're doing, and you know that that client is someone who you can help, your energy is going to come across really powerfully. So I think selling... Was probably the hardest thing for me at first because it felt so unnatural and scary. And like I had a lot of money mindset shit that I had to work through. But it was like really uncomfortable for me to get on a sales call and ask someone to pay me money. But once I really realized that it was just about being myself and showing how passionate I was about the work that I was doing, it felt a lot more natural. So I think if I had just embraced that from the beginning and really realize that marketing and selling is just sharing the things that I care about, showing people how I can help them, and inviting them in if they want to work with me, I probably would have seen success a lot sooner than I did.
0: Yeah. Do you find that like of the, because I know you had a business coach, I know you try to mastermind at some point. I'm sure you've had a bazillion courses under your belt, right? We all have like a course or freebie graveyard, as I call it. (laughs) I understand your point of like, templates suck, right? You go through a course and you're like, this isn't relevant for me, right? So you pick out the gold pieces and the rest you kind of chuck. Were there any of those that like it actually taught you what you needed to know and maybe didn't get the same results, but it led you to where you needed to be or, or the whatever it was?
1: I mean, I feel like there are pieces I've taken away from all of the courses or programs or coaches that I've worked with. And I think that's the other thing too, is like, if you're trying this strategy that a coach is teaching you or this course is taking you through and you feel like it's not working for you that doesn't necessarily mean there's something wrong with you or that you're doing it wrong it might just not be the right strategy for you and there might be pieces of it that do work for you and it's okay to take what works and leave what doesn't so yeah i mean i don't know thinking back i just feel like with every investment i've made in myself and my business i've taken something away from it but I don't think there was one that was like, oh, this is the thing. You know what I mean? Like, There wasn't one magical course or coach who I feel like taught me everything that like changed my business. I think it just came in bits and pieces and then trial and error of figuring out what really works for me and what doesn't.
0: Yeah, which I'm glad that you specify that because I think a lot of people, some of the Responses I've gotten from people is like, well, I don't want to invest any more money because I've got scammed before and it didn't work, and like that happens to everyone. I've spent money that I should not have fucking spent, but at the same time, I think to your point, to every course, coach, group, whatever it is, all has some sort of piece that unlocks another piece to get to the footpath you need to be on. But I'm wondering, were there any bad investments of your time, money, or energy that you had during your business venture? And that could be no, right? Because I'm a big believer of like everything has its place. But was there anything that you're like, mm, maybe shouldn't have done that?
1: <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm that way too, where I try to be in such a positive mindset about things that I don't really think of things as, oh, this was a bad investment. I mean, I think what I would say is any investment that I made from a place of fear of like, I need this coach or I'm going to fail. Those are the ones that I guess would say were bad investments or just investments I didn't need to make. Because it was out of fear and out of scarcity and not from a place of believing in myself and believing that this coach or this course is going to amplify me and help me to reach success faster, which most of the investments I've made, that's the place that I was in. But there were definitely some where I was like, I need to invest in this coach or my business is going to fail. And it was from a place of like not believing in myself and believing that the answers were outside of me and that I needed somebody else in order to succeed. That's what I would say is like, notice where you're making that investment from. Is it from fear or is it from alignment? Is it from, I feel so drawn to work with this coach or, you know, invest in this course? Or is it from a place of, if I don't do this, I'm not good enough to make it work that's a very different energy.
0: Yeah. But I've also found to, at least from my experience, sometimes like I've signed up for coaches who I, I adore, programs that I adored and it works so well. And as I was signing up, I was crying because I wasn't crying out of fear. I was literally crying because not only is it a huge commitment financially, but it's a commitment to my future self. Like, especially the ones that I've spent like five figures on, like 12 grand major money. Right. That's a serious commitment to yourself of saying, I don't give a fuck what it's gonna take. I'm willing to spend this money, even if I don't have it right now, or maybe you do, because I want something better. And I'm no matter what, I'm gonna fucking do it. And this is like a signal saying, like, I'm serious as shit. Like, let's go, bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but it's
1: terrifying. Yeah. I've definitely had that moment. I will never forget when I signed up for the last coach I worked with, who I ended up working with her for like a year. She was a life coach slash business coach. Like most of our coaching was focused around my business. And it was the most money I had ever invested. And it was literally at that point, it was like after year one, where I had nothing left in my savings and I didn't even know how I was going to pay my bills. And now I'm going to spend thousands of dollars on this coach, which I'm going to put on my credit card because I literally don't have this money in my bank account right now. (laughs) And that was terrifying. And I was literally crying on the phone with her as I was signing up. But it was like crying because I knew that this was the right next step for me. And I don't regret that decision at all. But it's interesting because then, you know, a year later or a little less than a year later, I was starting to feel like I was just talking about where I'm like, the only reason I'm still working with this coach is because I'm afraid that if I stop working with her, I'm not going to be able to do this on my own. And that's when I knew I'm like, I need to like no longer work with this coach because I need to trust myself again. So it's interesting because I had that like two very different experiences with the same exact coach. And so I think, you know, trusting yourself is so important. And you know, what the right next step is for you. You're just probably telling yourself that you don't know what the right next step is for you because it probably feels crazy.
0: (laughs) Well, also because everyone else in your circle is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, that doesn't make sense. And you're like, no, but it does. And they're like, no, but it doesn't. (laughs) So,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Other people aren't going to get it. So don't look to them
0: for what the right
1: answer is, what the right next step is. Like, you have to trust yourself at the end of the day. You're the one living your life And other people don't have to understand it for it to be the right decision for you.
0: Yeah, that's something that I really had to learn after leaving corporate is that like, that the internal signals that you get, right? The body signals that you get, they're not stupid. Like it's for a reason and it's guiding you where you need to be, even if it doesn't lay in the framework or the timeline in which corporate or society places on you. You know, what's interesting too.
1: I don't really know what made me think of this. I think just because we were talking about what other people are going to think. I remember one of the first people who I told when I was like, I am like legit going to quit my job. Like I'm serious about this was one of my seniors at my corporate job. And I remember him thinking that I was, I mean, he thought I was kidding. Like he didn't think I was serious. And then after I kept talking about it and I enrolled in my, you know, certification program, he was like, oh, you're serious. And he thought I was crazy. And I don't know what the timing—I want to say it was, like, probably a year after I quit. He also quit his job and just, like, started traveling the country. Like, I'm like, see, you know, people—a lot of the times, people who are judging you are because they don't have the confidence or the courage to make the decision that you're making, but they still— feel the same exact way that you do, you know, and you actually acting on that feeling and making a change in your life is going to trigger a lot of people.
0: Oh my God. TikTok is a field day for that shit. Oh my God. I get eaten up after like every video. I'm like, at this point, it's fine. I have like a bulletproof vest on, but like, it's crazy how so many people are triggered by the fact that some, especially women, like I found as being a woman and being interviewed and in shit by the media, like if I don't have a rich husband or a trust fund, all of a sudden they're like, you fucking like, eh, like they don't like that to begin with. But then also you'd say, okay, boss of the walls, I quit too or whatever. They're just like, we don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> like you shunned <laughs> to the corner.
1: It's so true. I mean, you're going to trigger people. They're not going to get it. They're going to judge you. The other thing, though, is that like pay attention to who you're taking advice from because oh my God, why yes. are we taking career advice from people who hate their jobs?
0: Uh it's like the same thing when you get relationship advice from someone who's never had a successful relationship and you're like shut the fuck up like don't don't tell me how to date like we we're not on the same wavelength
1: but it's so true like we can take other people's opinions to heart and I get it if it's like your parents or your friends or someone who you really trust who you're really close with but like I mean my mom for example has worked in jobs she hated her entire life literally like to this day and all I ever heard every day growing up, my mom would come home from work and complain about her day. My mom was actually really supportive of me when I quit my job, which was shocking to me. But like, you know, why are we going to look at people who are miserable going to work every day for advice on what we should do with our lives? Like, stop looking at people who are living a life you don't want to live for career advice. Like, why do we do this? It doesn't make any sense.
0: (laughs) I think it's just the norm. We've just— Again, like you said at the beginning, like it's the norm to hate your job and you can't question it, which is bullshit.
1: Right, like we'll literally ask our coworkers who complain to us daily about their job, whether it's a good decision for us to like get a new job or quit or start a business or change career paths. And it's like, why don't you talk to someone who's actually done what you want to do and been where you want to be? Because they'll probably have something very different to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I, it's funny too, because almost every single person who quit And actually did the work. Because there's people who quit and then bitch about the fact that nothing happened. I'm like, you haven't done shit. Like, literally nothing. Like, so don't talk to me about that. But the people who quit and actually, like, tried, right, getting on TikTok, tried making a website, like, tried doing a podcast, whatever it is, every single one of them say, I wish I did this sooner. Yeah. Like, literally every single one.
1: I wish I had started my—I mean, I started my podcast, like, a year into my business. And I was just like, why didn't I do this from day one? (laughs) but it's so true. Like, that's what I hear from everyone, right? It's like, I wish I had started sooner and stopped listening to everybody else telling me why this was a stupid idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, breaking through molds and just things that society has placed on us. But I, I am hopeful that our generation and the generation before us is like we're no BS. Like we really are like shaking up everything. And so the benefit is that we, the individuals, the employees, like not these big corporations have the upper hand now. So things can actually change. So maybe work-life balance actually becomes doable. Like it doesn't exist right now. So maybe it will exist and people will get paid, you know, equally. And so then work won't be so terrible, but I still think the gig economy is going to explode even more. It's going to be the future.
1: It for sure is. And I think about that a lot. Cause I'm like, There's not going to be anyone from our generation or generations younger than us who are going to be willing to work the amount of hours and in the type of environment that people have to work in currently to make partner at an accounting firm. Like, we're just not going to be willing to do that. So these firms are either going to have to change or they're not going to exist anymore because they're not going to have employees who are going to be willing to work 90 hours a week never sleep, never see their family for like 15 years just to make partner. Cause I think our values as a generation are so different than generations before us who really valued like stability and
0: title. Like having the title.
1: Money. I didn't like give all of a these fuck. things. I could not give a fuck about like I said, when I quit my job I fully expected to make less money. And I was so okay with that. Cause I cared so much more about my happiness and doing work I enjoyed. Making a difference, helping people, and being fulfilled. And I didn't need to be making six figures to do any of that. So I think it definitely is a culture shock. That's why so many people are quitting their jobs, right? And companies are either going to be forced to adapt or go out of business because you're not going to have any employees anymore.
0: I know. But it's, I mean, like, it's a great thing because it's. Basically, what I've been hearing from a lot of people just in general, we all know the work environment that's currently available. It does not work for us. It's based on the Industrial Revolution, which was like a century ago, if not more. Whereas now we're in the digital age, so they need to be more like flexible, right? Work-life balance, like bring your dog to work. I don't know, like actually work when it works well for your body. Like I could not, I worked from nine to five, great, but like my body is most creative from like seven to 12 and then I need to like nap midday and then I get a second wind of energy from six to 10. Like that doesn't work in a normal environment. But also, like you said, you can make so much more money doing something you enjoy, And half the time, half the cost, like, think about it. You have to, like, spend all this money on clothes, food, commuting, all this shit just to get to your job, let alone if you just pick up my phone, like, I was speaking to someone yesterday. She's actually super interesting. She has been going hard in like web three, like metaverse and stuff. They literally have a meta mall now where essentially it's multiple stories in the metaverse and each storefront is someone online who has a business. So whether that's consulting, whether that's selling goods or something like that. And so they literally like, you can go in there and purchase goods digitally through that way instead of actually having a brick and mortar store. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like, why would I go the standard route if I could do this and make, People are getting creative as shit. Like, you can do so many things.
1: I think that's the other thing, too, is, like, in the past, before the internet was a thing, in order to start a business, you did need a lot of money. Like, you needed a storefront. You needed loans. You needed capital. You needed employees maybe right away. Like, you needed to put all this money down to start a business. And now that the internet exists, you can literally start a business with zero dollars. Like, you can open a Fiverr account today. It costs you nothing. And you can start making money using the skills that you already are using in your corporate job. So the world has changed so much. And this idea that, oh, it's hard to start a business. Like, don't get me wrong. It it wasn't easy. Like, it's going to be challenging, but not because you need a lot of money. Like, you don't. Quite frankly, you could start a business with zero money. Like, you don't actually need any money. When I started my business, I didn't even have a website. I was literally just using Instagram. Like, TikTok wasn't really a thing yet. I was on Instagram and that's where I' got all my fitness coaching clients. I mean I chose to invest in a coach but you know like you don't need a lot of capital to get started now and I think there's still this idea that like starting a business is expensive or it's going to be really hard or it takes a long time to be profitable and it's just not really that true anymore because of the way that the world is now like we have the internet. You could start a business today, zero dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who has a whole press on nail company. And even though that, yes, is like, there's a good involved with it. So there's manufacturing and stuff, but like, she learned everything on YouTube, like, literally everything on YouTube. And now she has like a multi million dollar company because she learned on YouTube, like, which is fucking free. Like, <laughs> that didn't exist.
1: Google was my best friend when I started my business. <laughs> like, there's so much information out there for free. You could find anything you need to know. I remember Googling, like, how to write effective copy, like, how to write Instagram captions, how to edit my photos or edit my videos, like, everything. I knew nothing. I had a whole business degree, and I still knew nothing when I started because, like you said, it doesn't actually teach you how to start a business. It teaches you how to work for somebody else's business.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) ah good old education system but I yeah (laughs) I love that you reiterated to everyone like you can literally do this too I don't want to say we're not special because I think we have our own secret sauce that makes us special but I'm an average person like I didn't start with again trust fund no following like I didn't I started from fucking zero so did you
1: I mean I remember the moment when I was like it's so funny because my plan A was not starting an online coaching business at all. Like, I knew that eventually that's what I'd want to do because I wanted the freedom that came with that and like setting my own schedule and traveling and working from everywhere or whatever. But I didn't think that I could just jump into an online business. I thought I had to like work in a gym first doing fitness coaching. And I was like, I can't just get clients online if I've never trained anyone in person for probably like a month or two. I was fully convinced that I was going to, like, work at a gym for, you know, at least a couple months and then just start getting clients online and, like, eventually transition. And then I realized after talking to a lot of other personal trainers who had worked in a gym, they're like, yeah, you can't just, like, have clients online. Like, if you work at a gym, they don't usually let you have outside clients. And I was like, well, fuck. (laughs) Like, that was my entire plan, And so then I really had to decide, like, am I going to work at a gym, which I know I'm not going to enjoy doing, just to gain some experience? Or option B is I can just start my business entirely online from day one. And I just remember I was at work because I had called my sister-in-law because she's a manager at a gym. And that's when I found out that you can't have outside clients. (laughs) And after that, like, my heart sunk. I was like, my entire plan now, I can't do what I had all planned out in my head perfectly. And I just remember thinking like, I don't know how to start a business. Like there's no way that I can just start getting clients online. Right? Like I can't just do that. But I don't know. I just decided to go for it and here we are, but it's not because I was confident that I was going to be able to get clients online. It's not because I had any sort of upper hand in any of this it's just because I chose to go all in on what I wanted and fucking believe in myself you know
0: yeah and I found that what I've heard from people I don't know the actual percentage but I think it's like 20 percent is that if you the coach services consultant like whatever it is if you know 20 percent more than your client you can help them at least 20%. And when you think about that, you're like, oh, I know 20%. That's, and if you know more, great. But like you just need 20% more to get them to where they need to be.
1: It's so true. And I think we always discount like the things that we know. Because a lot of the times, the stuff that we know seems basic to us. And we're like, well, everyone knows that. But they don't. Like I was thinking back to when I started my fitness journey. I'm like, I didn't even know how to pick up a fucking dumbbell. like. I don't know everything about fitness, but I can certainly help someone, you know, especially once I had my certification, like I can put together a workout plan, you know, like I can help people. And I I think we always discount the knowledge and the experience that we have, especially as women for some reason. So stop doing that shit. Like, you know enough to help someone.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I have to keep reminding myself of that too, because we wouldn't be where we are now if we weren't good at what we did. Just that's just how it is.
1: Yeah. And now looking back, I'm like, thank God I didn't start in a gym because I mean, I was over fitness coaching in eight months. So if I had started in a gym, I wouldn't have had any of that experience of building an online business. (laughs) And then I would have been like, I don't want to be a fitness coach anymore. What the fuck do I do now? You know?
0: Yeah. Then you would be trapped again. And then you see the whole cycle of like, I hate my job and like, (laughs) you know, so the benefits about business is you get to just run the show yourself a hundred percent every damn day.
1: The scariest decision I've ever made, hands down, but also the best decision I've ever made. I used to take the train, the commuter rail, to work every day, which I was going to say this earlier when you were talking about, like, commuting and stuff. I literally was paying, like, $300-something a month for this train pass just to go to the office to do a job that I could have done from home. Yeah, right. What are we doing? But anyway. I know, right?
0: To <laughs> literally. Especially, like, I was paying $2,000 for my apartment, then $150, like, Metro card, whatever thing. Then, like, the food every day. Like, it was fucking ridiculous. Like, I don't need to pay that money at all. Like, that's so fucking stupid.
1: Yeah. No, it was crazy. But every time, because now I still, I live near where I used to live. And I had to take the train into Boston the other day because I was flying out of Logan Airport. And every time I take that train, it just gives me flashbacks to, like, going to work and, like, when I quit my job because I remember my last day at work, my train ride home, I was just, like, crying because of, like, partial relief and partial fear of, like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to do tomorrow. (laughs) Um, And it just always takes me back. I was literally there on Tuesday, two days ago, just remembering like what that was like. And it's so crazy now looking back like three years later of where I am just because of that one decision that I made, you know?
0: Yeah. I had the same like full circle moment like about a month ago. It was funny because the same week that I put my two weeks in was the day that I went into the city to do literally a TV interview with a Spanish television network on quitting my job. And I'm like, fuck you. Like I was literally, and the thing too, I was in the building that I used to work at. Like it was in Brookfield place. So like, I was literally like, I could see my old office, like across the street. I was in the complex while I was being filmed. So it was just like, damn, what a feeling. (laughs) What a Petty AF, but you know, whatever. (laughs) So many full circle
1: moments for sure.
0: Yeah. This has been fun as fuck. I'm so glad we, like, I mean, we connected, obviously, through TikTok and stuff. But, like, to hear another person who goes through the same thing, like, it's a relief. And I'm sure for our listeners, like, they're going to be like, thank you. Like, for not covering it with fluff because it's not.
1: Uh, Yeah, no. I'm glad we got to do this. I'm really excited. I feel like we could keep talking for, like, three hours. but Literally. I can't believe it's been,
0: like, an hour. I know. (laughs) But um, for my listeners on Corporate Quitter, if they want to connect with you or like just reach out or follow you, where can they find you?
1: Yes. So my podcast is everywhere. It's called Quit Your Job, Sis. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Lindsay M Hansen. My website's lindsayhansen.com. But usually I'm on like Instagram and TikTok. It's where you can find me. And then for my listeners, where can they find
0: you? Uh, my website is corporatequitter.com My podcast is Corporate Quitter And then of course through all TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube It's all Corporate Quitter So pretty pretty easy I'm so glad we did this We're going to have to make this like a routine thing or something Like catch we up Like do. all the deeds. Yeah No, yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs> well, thank you I'm so glad
1: we did this So thank you for hosting I mean it's on both of our podcasts But just thanks for getting connected and making this happen
0: Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter podcast. Visit corporatequitter.com for resources, extended content, and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter, and to learn more about how you can leave the 9 to 5, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.